The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and this is the Emergency Doug Marone is Fired by the Jaguars Podcast. Joining me to break it down and talk all things Jaguars, John Breach. What's up, buddy? Brinson, this is our special now, the Black Monday special. We already did Adam Gase. Now we're getting Doug Marone uh, and Debo's Fantasy today because now we're down to one Doug coach in the nfl oh, that's right there are all, all, two dogs in her only one remain doug doug peterson blew doug run away with his tank but i'm uh anyway the jacksonville jaguars released a statement about uh you know it's funny um it's not funny somebody lost their job so we're not laughing but doug, doug run is wealthy beyond his wildest dreams so um he can buy all the baloney he wants he's not going to suffer uh, you know of course there is nothing funny about somebody losing their jobs but um a couple of notes on this. One, the Jaguars tweeted out a statement from owner Shad Khan at 9.08 a.m. on Monday. And we had talked about this before um, in, in preparing uh, for the for these podcasts. And we were saying how the Jaguars are a early early Monday firing team. Like that's just how they like to fire people. And they've and as Devo points out, they've had lots of practice. Um, you, you can kind of gauge when various teams will do this breach, right? Like the Chargers, if they fire Anthony Lynn. We'll do it on, you know, at like late afternoon. They're on Pacific time. Nobody's waking up early to fire anyone. And, and that was the whole conversation where if the, if the Steelers were to fire someone, not Mike Tom was obviously not on the hot seat, but they haven't fired anyone or they don't fire anyone. So you have no idea when the Steelers would let go of a coach, but Jacksonville, 8 a.m. sharp, the Chargers late afternoon. They're the teams that regularly fire people have their formulas and we know those formulas. We're on to you guys. Yeah. Uh, like if the Chargers were smart, they would fire their coach at 6 a.m. East, East Coast time. Nobody would know it. It's like 3 a.m. on the West Coast. Anyway, Sean Codd, Sean Codd said, I am committed and determined to deliver winning football to the city of Jacksonville, realizing that goal requires a fresh start throughout our football operations. And with that in mind, I spoke this morning with Doug Moran to express my gratitude for his hard work over the past four year seasons as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll always appreciate Doug's passion, grit, and class. And I'm confident he will enjoy success in the next chapter of his career. Um, yada, yada, yada. We're going to keep looking for uh, – Although it was interesting, he said, as the search for our new general manager continues, now the quest begins to find a head coach who shares my ambition for the Jacksonville Jaguars and our fans whose loyalty and faith are overdue to be rewarded. I don't find any of that to be incorrect. What I find interesting about it um, is that it doesn't appear that they're necessarily going to go find a GM and then find a coach. Like I don't think we know exactly how the Jaguars plan to do that. You know, they've – sort of had they've they've blended it in the past and they've I mean I don't want to knock on the Khan family here but they've you know they went out and they had Dave Caldwell and Gus Bradley and then they fire Gus Bradley they keep Doug Marone they bring in Tom Coughlin to help out Dave Caldwell they've allowed sort of you know sort of a Brownsian power structures to to take place where it's very uneven like the Jets Browns and Jaguars all have that in common there's no like you know if you're going to row a boat if you're going to put 
four dudes in a canoe, two dudes in a canoe and row a boat, do you want them rowing in the same direction, breach, or different directions? And, and they haven't done that. Well, it depends on the size of the lake, but I get what you're saying. I guess if it's, no, a, no. Circular, if it's, it's a circular like, lake, you want to well, And, well, uh, the Jaguars have been running in circles for the past, uh, their whole existence. Um, but, you know, maybe Khan doesn't want to kind of say he's going to go either way because he wants to leave that open because it does feel like they're kind of learning from their mistakes. At least I think they are, and that's tough to say since they've only had one playoff appearance since 2008 where – they're sitting back and saying, well, you know, if we bring in a guy like Matt Rule, if we bring in a college guy, we want to give him all the power. We need to hire the general manager second. But if you also want, you know, you have the number one overall pick that seems like a slam dunk. You know what you're going to do. But you also have 11 picks in the draft. So you have 10 other picks you have to figure out what to do with. So it's not just the number one overall pick you're going to worry about. And in that case, maybe you want a personnel guy as your general manager who's making the executive decisions that doesn't have to worry about a coach looking over his shoulder. So I do understand why Khan's not going to sit there and just reveal their strategy. He's probably going to do these interviews and go with what makes him feel comfortable about who you fire first. But I think we talked about it with the Gaze podcast. You need people knock step. You need a general manager and a coach that are on the same page that aren't going to get in a fight. You can't have a general manager uh, picking the personnel and the coach being like, well, I didn't want this guy, but I have to play him because the GM made that decision. They got to be on the same page. Correct. If you're doing a fresh reboot, you really need to consider doing the Seattle and or Buffalo route. And that's easier said than done. Like find a great GM who works really well with a fantastic head coach, but that's what you need to do is find the two who are working in, in, in congruity together, uh, to put a bow on the Maroon era in Jacksonville as, uh, man, he was there for, uh, four years. As Shad Khan noted, he's only 56. You feel like he's, he's older than that, but he's not. Um, he was hired originally. It's kind of crazy. So he was hired originally. He left the head coaching position of the Buffalo Bills. He exercised an opt-out in his contract to bounce out of Buffalo, where he then went and took the offensive line position, offensive line coach position with the Jaguars. That's one of the weirdest, most undersold things in coaching history over the last 10 years, is that the guy who was running the Bills and had almost gotten the Bills, he got the Bills go nine and seven. They just missed the playoffs in 2014. He then says deuces and goes to Jacksonville to be the offensive line coach. Uh, the following year in 2016, Gus Bradley was fired. Um, after week 14, uh, Doug Marone took over as the interim coach, went one and one and then was hired full time for the job that off season. He promptly went 10 and six and took him to the AFC championship game. But as everybody knows, the Jaguars, uh, collapsed against the Patriots in that game. And then they collapsed the last three years. They've won 12 games total with Blake Bortles contract, you know, helping to sink the ship. Um, you know, they passed on Deshaun Watson and took Leonard Fournette. They have traded away Jalen Ramsey. They have, um, traded away other high rank. Campbell, Yannick and Gakwe. There's all the, you know, like, but clearly these guys weren't happy with the structure there, whether, whether it was Tom Coughlin, they eventually got rid of Coughlin. So it was partly, you know, I feel like Marone is kind of a, a strict guy that some of these guys maybe weren't too excited about playing for. Yeah, I think maybe they like more. I mean, the, the reality is they've they ripped down the roster around him. He didn't have any chance of winning this year. Um, you know, they don't have anything at, at quarterback, really. No offense to my boy Mike Lennon and Gardner Minshew. They went one of fifteen. They had the top pick. This is a this is the you know, in theory, this is the cleanest of slate this is the cleanest of clean slates. For whoever might come next. Would you say, well, would you say Marone was a successful hire because they had the AFC title game? Like, how would you grade his four seasons? Um, 
I don't think that Doug Marone caused the Jaguars to be terrible. Like, I think the Jaguars were going to do exactly. I think, look, I think Doug Marone got them to, uh, um, to out overachieve in 2017. And they almost went to the Super Bowl. And their defense was good enough. Like, they could have won the Super Bowl. I mean, they, they were a one bad play call, the, the fumble that they returned for a touchdown. They get called not a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One bad, one bad whistle by the refs in, in Foxborough. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that the fact that they did that, the, the problem is for me, what ended up happening with that AFC title run, the title game run is that, and it would have been Doug versus Doug, by the way, Philly versus, uh, oh, I can't believe we missed two that. dogs in or one dog leaves. That's Debo's fantasy Super Bowl. I know. So the problem with that is they, it felt like they then hung on to that too much. They're like, let's double down on this formula that probably isn't sustainable with, you know, Josh Allen, I mean, see Josh Allen, Blake Bortles, obviously he's not Josh Allen, Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette, and we invested heavily in the run game. Um, and defense isn't sustainable like that from year to year. And there was all of a sudden a ton of attrition, whether it was trading some veterans or whether it was, you know, uh, Telvin Smith leaving the team. And there was obvious infighting in the locker room in 2018 when they went five and 11. There were different competing, uh, forces that caused, uh, you know, just a, it just, they wasn't, they didn't have the, again, the locker room chemistry. And so that's sort of all fallen apart the last three years. So I don't want to, I guess I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I think I would give Doug Murray like a C minus. Well, and, uh, and the reason, part of the reason I asked that is because we were talking about Shad Khan and, you know, you're talking about how they haven't done a fantastic job as ownership and they've kind of whiffed on all their coaching hires. They bought the team in 2011. That was when they got rid Del Rio. You're out. Sorry, man. We're a new team. We want new blood. Hired Mike Malarkey, who they fired after one season. So that's a huge whiff. They hired Gus Bradley, who uh, I don't think ever won more than five Gus and eleven. Was the, the most enthusiastic human being I've ever met, and he was a terrible head coach. And you do good need, defensive coordinator. Uh, you, but you need a lot of enthusiasm to coach Jacksonville with all, all the losing. But his best season was five and eleven in four years. And you have Marone, who has this you know AFC title game appearance. But other than that, they kind of fell flat on their face. So. The cons don't have a great history of hiring hired, coaches, which makes this more hires. interesting. Yes, yes. And by the way, the Jaguars are now going to have the first overall pick for the first time in the franchise history, which is which, crazy. Like they, they've been so bad, they never got. They were never the worst team somehow. That's kind of wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that Doug Marone did a better job as a head coach than people give him credit for, and people don't want to like Doug Marone, but he's probably a pretty good head coach. Uh, he doesn't have a great sense for which jobs to take, you know, cause taking the Bills job and then taking the Jaguars job, good luck with that. Like if he'd waited around and took a better uh, gig, maybe he, maybe he wins some games. Um, in that same coaching cycle, we have Anthony Lynn from 2017, Sean McVay, Sean McDermott and Kyle Shanahan. So when you rate him against those guys, eh, not so good. Yeah. Not even close since, uh, uh wasn't Kyle Shanahan that same, or was Kyle Shanahan the year before? 2017. That was Shanahan's year. Yeah. Um, okay. So that, so, that was Marone's uh, first full year. He coached the interim games in 2016, but got hired prior to 2017. Yeah. And that's when Kyle Shanahan got hired, right? Was he? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's take a break and when we can, yeah, that's right. When we come back, we will look at some possible candidates for the Jaguars head coaching job. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so Doug Murrow out. Who will be in? The rumors are uh, rumors are kind of everywhere. I mean, Urban Meyer is the, the big name that keeps getting popped up. I've heard various um, things about Urban Meyer, whether he would or would not um, actually end up you know, coming to Jacksonville. Personally, I think it would be a mistake to give Urban the keys to everything. Depend, you know, depend on who he brings with GM with him, but like that is asking a lot. Like, I think that's a pretty big risk. Now, it's the polar opposite of Mike Malarkey, Gus Bradley, and, and Doug Marone. So maybe, maybe it is the move you should make. And maybe Shad Khan feels like, you know, ingesting some, some serious, you know, pizzazz in the coaching, uh, the coaching hire would be a good move. Urban obviously has won everywhere he's been. So, you know, I, I, I just feels like a bit of a reach to me. But I, I would understand how the cons and the Jags could end up kind of talking themselves into it. Yeah, and, and I mean, that re- there was a report from uh, – JLC mentioned last week the Jacksonville's job came open that Urban Meyer would be a name that they would consider. And then Ian Rappaport kind of doubled down on that and said, hey, look, this is going to be – Urban Meyer is going to have a shot at taking this job if he wants it. And – you know, I, I do feel like that's the cons again saying, you know what, what we're doing is not working. Let's give it, let's give this power to this guy who's had a lot of success in college. Let's see if he can turn this around, you know, cause I think, uh, rap sheet also mentioned Ryan day, the current Ohio state coach, which would make the, the kind of a fascinating dynamic. I want, I want Urban Meyer and Ryan day to get hired just so they have to pick Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields and then I explain mean, to everybody. That would be hilarious for, unless you're a Jacksonville fan, then it would be gut wrenching because you don't know what's going on. But that's the perfect way to blow smoke screens the whole draft season is they keep saying, well, we really like Justin. You know, Trevor had a great career, but we know Justin. We saw, we saw what Justin did to Clemson, uh, you know, when these two teams played each other head to head. Uh, so there are a lot of options out there and I, I won't be surprised at all if they go the college route. Um, and then, you know, there's the names we've talked about with every single job that comes open. And, and I think one thing to keep in mind here is that this is a sexy job. I know that's maybe a weird thing to say about Jacksonville. <laughs> you got your 11 draft picks this year. You have the number one overall pick. You have a ton of salary cap space, which is a huge advantage in a year where the salary cap's going to drop instead of going up. And then, you know, there's no state taxes in Florida. That's always a good thing. And so, you know, I think we'll hear the obvious names like Eric Bieniemy tossed around, uh, Brian Dable. Um, so I think it's just going to depend if they want to go the college route or the pro route. But I do think they're going to have their pick of the litter. I have to think anybody who interviews for this job, you know, some guys just do it to kind of get interviewing experience, but maybe it's not the job they want. Or you're Josh McDaniels. You think you're going to take a job, then you back out at the last second. I think yeah. this is going to be a hot job. Yeah, uh, Pete Briscoe tweeted out a little while ago, the Jaguars job is a great one right now. Don't laugh. If you can't fix that team with all the draft capital, Trevor Lawrence in the cap room, then you are truly bad at your job. So I would like Pete to get the, a look at GM. Pete getting a GM job would be, I mean, we'd have the inside info, right? I know, he wouldn't, he'd like stop talking to us. He'd be, he'd be like the guy who started wearing like Armani suits and like wouldn't speak to us. <laughs> hey, how you, how you doing? I guess I, I can't take it, but take it. Um, 
Uh, what about, uh, like, okay, so you mentioned Brian Dable and, uh, Eric Bienemy. I'd be really curious to know, see, to me, the idea that they hire some powerful or some GM who then picks up Bienemy or Dable, I don't love that idea. Because I think at that point, you have a new head coach, you have a head coach who's doing his job for the first time, and he is, trying to learn on the fly and he is working for somebody who presumably has the cons ear. It, I, I think that there's a real chance that you could screw this up by creating competing interests between the coach and the GM. And I know that they're starting at the same spot, but it's so important just to be on the same page. Like you, I mean, like I cannot stress this enough. You should hire a head coach who has a GM candidate in mind that he would want to work with. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did this. It doesn't, it's, it's okay that the head coach, you know, quote unquote hires or approves of the, the GM. It doesn't have to be the GM hires the head coach and the head coach works for him. Cause at some point there's going to be a, there's going to be a power struggle there where the head coach does really well and is attempting to sort of take power away or where the head coach doesn't do well and the GM is attempting to take, you know, to, to distance himself from the head Shit coach. blame to the, like, I'm putting the players, I'm yeah. giving him the players, he's not producing. Like, you've never heard that with Pete Carroll and John Schneider, Sean McDermott and, and Brandon Bean. Um, you know, even with like Andy Reid having success, you would see, you know, with John Dorsey, you saw some of that stuff, but ultimately they decided to go with Andy Reid, right? And you bring in Brett Veach. And so I, you have to make the right, to me, the, the move is to, interview head coaches and ask them about prospective GM candidates that they've worked with before around the league who they would be interested in. And then not only do you get a better idea of what what GMs might be good, but you can get an idea of is this guy prepared to bring in a, like you know is this guy prepared to bring in a a, G, a GM and a head or you know a head coach a GM um you know depending on which side you decide to go with. Uh by the way, Matt Eberflus is a name that is uh getting some buzz right now. The Jets and Texans have put in requests for him. And the Panthers have requested, uh, Colts assistant GM Ed Dodds for their GM job. So there's, it'll be, it'll be curious to see how quickly the Jaguars move here. I will say real quick with Jacksonville's job, I think they go with, uh, an offensive minded coach. Marone's an offensive line coach. He does not count. Gus Bradley was a defensive coach. Uh, they, they haven't had that, you know, whatever you can call it, Sean McVay type. They're going to go for an offensive mind would be my guess because that's something they haven't done. And you, you're going to have the top pick in the draft, probably take Trevor Lawrence. You're going to want somebody who can kind of, uh, you know, help him through Room his Lawrence. first couple I mean, of years. That's, like, that's your job. You got to come in and Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence has to be good. Like if you right. screw up Trevor Lawrence, you're getting fired quickly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence true. stinks with the Jaguars, then the Jaguars are going to be like we're looking for a new coach in two years. Yeah. So because of that, I think they're going to go the offensive route. Yeah. Um, do we need to, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think the names that we mentioned are probably the same for just about every job. I mean, it's, I, I, I think Urban is the one name here that's a little bit different. And we heard like a Matt Campbell. Can you lure Matt Campbell to Jacksonville? I mean, you'd much rather have the Jaguars job than the Jets job, right? Uh, yes. I think, and so. there's less, uh, criticism from the media. It's not as crazy. Jacksonville's a lot more laid back than New York. If I'm a college coach, I would absolutely look at Jacksonville over the Jets. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot less uh, pressure. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt camp, I mean, Matt Campbell, if that's somebody that you want to come in and help and have build a program from scratch is, is a good, is a good option. I think, uh, the enemy, Matt Eberflus, who we mentioned, um, and Jim Harbaugh, the one time we talked about this job, I think 
this is the best fit for him. If he is thinking about coming back to the NFL at all, this job works the most. I know Wilson poo-pooed idea the one time we brought it up, but look, he's been successful at the NFL level. You're going to three straight NFC championship games. Like, why wouldn't you have, if you're an owner and you're not thinking about that fact, like, hey, look, this guy took a 49ers team that was left for dead. I mean, that, that team was a carcass when Jim Harbaugh took over in 2011. They hadn't been good for a while. And all of a sudden, like you just said, three straight NFC championship games. So if I'm in the spot that Jacksonville's in, I'm at least considering. I don't think it makes sense for most teams, but for Jacksonville, I, I do think it would make sense to at least talk to him. Yeah, I, I think Jim Harbaugh is probably more highly regarded than people on Twitter think he is. If you know, it, like in the sense that people are like, ah, oh, Michigan sucks with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he he's he just can't beat Ohio State. Ohio State's friggin' awesome every year. Like they're one of the three best teams in college college football every single year. Uh, okay, so. Uh, that's it, right? That's the show. We'll, uh, we'll have more Candace as rumors start to pop up. We'll be talking about it on the show uh, throughout the week. We'll have a recap show, breaking down everything from Black Monday. So make sure and subscribe, rate, and review. For John Breach, I'm Will Brinson. See you later.